You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, where we're overcoming trials with triumphs. Now, here's your host, Patty Catter. Hello, everybody. Today, I have Dennis Katona on the show. Welcome to the show, Denny. Hi there. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for joining me. Well, you're actually recording on the 4th of July weekend, so I really appreciate your time with that. Um, I know it's kind of a busy time for everybody, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Denny, what I love to do on my shows is just jump on in and have my guests tell our, my listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and we'll go from there. Sure. So I'm originally from a little town in southwestern Pennsylvania called Connellsville. It's kind of equidistant between Pittsburgh and Morgantown. Um, and born and raised up uh, up there. Uh, joined the Army National Guard when I was 17. Did the split option thing between my junior and senior year of high school. Um, and then uh, served some time in the part-time guard. Uh, you know, did the college thing for a while. Uh actually became active National Guard, did recruiting for a couple of years, and then 9-11 happened. Um, Flight 93 actually crashed um, about 45 miles away from where I stood that day. Uh, and so I ma- decided to make the switch to the regular Army. I was you know, young and headstrong and all that type of thing. Uh, so I transitioned to the regular Army, um, had to reclass into uh, chemical operations. And you know, deployed for the invasion of Iraq in 2003, and then again uh, for uh, 2006. And I basically spent uh, 10 years in the regular army and, you know, enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, but the <laughs> at one point, uh, my knees said, you're done. And so I ended up getting medically discharged in 2012. Uh, and I was very fortunate as I was getting out, uh, I was able to land meaningful employment uh, in the Austin, Texas area. I, I actually met my wife, my first tour at Fort Hood. And so we ended up uh, moving back to Texas and settled in the Austin, Texas area. And here we are. That's amazing. So I have a question for you. I didn't yeah. really realize that you were recruiting at one point. Yeah. Um, I still remember my husband's recru- recruiter from the Army. He's probably listening to this. Um, we still talk to him. But I've had several conversations with him over the years about how he sort of felt guilty about recruiting some of these young kids that had to go into war. So did you have that feeling ever or because it was before 9-11, you really hadn't thought about it? Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, the majority of my recruiting career was pre 9-11, you know, and, you know, I put a lot of a lot of young men and women in boots at that time. I was, you know, a fairly successful recruiter. And, you know, I mean, it was in the army national guard and, you know, I, I did have, um, a, a couple of, uh, my enlistees end up getting, uh, wounded in combat and everything like that. So, I mean, it, you know, I, it did affect me. Um, but I mean, you know, you know, the, you know, the, I guess the, an analogy that you said, Hey, I don't have a crystal ball, you know, cause that was one of their questions. I don't have a crystal ball. Nobody, nobody could have predicted what happened, uh, in, in nine 11. So, I mean, all that type of thing. And then once nine 11 happened, I was okay. I'm too young to sit behind a desk and, you know, my, I was already processing the paperwork, uh, to transfer. So. 
Yeah. And one of the things that I, I remind that recruiter is, you know, for us, yeah, we had a lot of really crappy times. I'm not going to lie, but at the end of the day, we're so very thankful to be like right now we live in Florida and we can't imagine not being here. I mean, we love it here. And so many amazing things came through those hardships for us. And then the gold star families that we've met have also said a lot of the same things, you know, that the people who volunteer to join our military are um, really strong and resilient and they were there because they wanted to be, it's not like anybody forced them to be there. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about this organization that you have, OP Veteran. Sure. So to tell that story, um, I kind of need to go back to, um, you know, my diagnosis. Right. So before I left the regular army, uh, some strong advice I was given uh, from a friend was, hey, you need to go to mental health or behavioral health and get diagnosed. Right. uh, With PTSD, if it's appropriate. And so I went and I was diagnosed. So fast forward, I get out and I go to the VA and, um, you know, it actually took them a couple of years to diagnose me uh, with, you know, service related PTSD. And they gave me the, the, the standard pharmaceutical cocktail in order to treat that. I mean, as per their treatment protocols and uh, somebody that I had been friends with, he, he had uh, been interning with a uh, mental health provider and he basically asked, well, did they prescribe you a coffin as well? Right. And um, I learned about this organization called the Corporal Chad Olegslager Foundation for PTSD. Their son um, was diagnosed while he still was still an active duty Marine diagnosed with PTSD was prescribed a cocktail of, I think 12 or 13 meds, um, that he had a toxic pharmacological reaction to to those prescriptions and it, it killed him. It slowed his heart and killed him. And so they started an organization that funded, uh, that funds definitive uh, PTSD treatment outside the VA healthcare system without the assistance of pharmaceuticals. And so I ended up getting help with this through this organization uh, and underwent EMDR. And so came came to find out that they were depleting their coffers because of all the you know folks that they were helping so um i said well let me see what i can do if i can get a donation for my employer or something like that and then i kind of got the ideas churning why don't i put on an event i know people that would maybe donate you know a raffle item or two and maybe bring in a band and stuff like that so that turned into the first spring kickoff right where we through an event to help a worthy direct service organization that helps veterans. And we were able to raise, I think, $7,700, which provided 77 contact hours of treatment for veterans. And so um, that led to me networking within the veteran community and learning about all these different organizations out there that I never heard of. Um, And I felt if I'd never heard of them, other veterans never heard of them. So that led to the first OP Vet Fest or Vet Fest. And it was basically just to uh, bring together veteran organizations, uh, veteran nonprofit service organizations, veteran-owned businesses to educate veterans about what's out there as far as, far as volunteer opportunities, uh, services, and, and everything like that. And so it became, it was a huge success. Um, and after that, that's how we formed OP Veteran. And then that was back in 2016. 
And over the years, we've kind of matured uh, what we do a little bit. And we've kind of kind of analyzed what did throwing the spring kickoff do for me, right? Because it wasn't just, hey, I threw an event because I'm a nice guy. Yes, but there was a sense of purpose, a sense of mission again uh, by doing this in uh, helping those that help us, right? And so that that kind of helped me develop that sense of emotionally transitioning and finding a new pur- purpose and passion outside of the military again. And then just, you know, talking with different folks and you get, get introduced to ideas or concepts called thwart of belonging, that loss of identity, that loss of sense of purpose, as well as, you know, perceived burdensomeness. And these are all things that, um, that are known uh, w- within the veteran community. And that that's kind of how we've evolved what we do. And we've, you know, do the spring kickoff. We do uh, OP vet fest. We do just engagement events. We take, you know, uh, we just had our flag day freedom float. We already paid for over a hundred veterans to go float the river and just have a great time and con- commune and connect. Uh, and then, you know, we are rolling out a garrison retreat program, which is a three-day retreat focused on resiliency, peer support, and healthy coping mechanisms. And then we uh, tack on um, five hours of uh, five contact hours of treatment for veterans that attend. So it's growing, it's evolving, um, and it's it's becoming something very, very, very special. Mm-hmm. That's really amazing. One of the great things that stood out to me about your organization is you mentioned. I'll let you tell them how many, how much of the funds that you collect go to your cause. 100%. Um, we are a, uh, all volunteer based organization. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I long had dreams to be able to do it full time, but I'm not going to, uh, be able to do that selling t-shirts and through sponsorships and, you know, the, the stuff that we do to raise funds, to be able to put on the stuff that we do, it's not um, at the level to where we're receiving grants and stuff to, that would fund, uh, you know, full-time employees. And it, it's, it's really, a, it's a passion endeavor, right. Um, more than employment. So it's, it's, it's a hundred percent. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So over this last, what, 16 years that I've been volunteering and helping nonprofits, I will say that the best ones and the best times that I've had have been the 100% volunteer time because then you, um, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Um, you're not having anybody who wants to take dip into the funds to pay for goofy things. Um, so I think that's really, really important. I know it is to me because I feel like you're a little bit like me in the fact that if somebody donates, say someone donates a hundred dollars in that hundred dollars, you can only do so much with it, right? So I would feel bad, and I think you would too, by taking money out of that, you know, a hundred bucks. That's, you know. Yeah, that's. To- I mean, you know, that, that's the thing. I mean, you know, a, a veteran wants, to, or a veteran or a patriot wants to support us, and you know, so they they buy, you know, t-shirts or coffee or whatever. I mean, that you know what you know the 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 profit or the you know the proceeds of that that's not going to do anything for me. Right. And I mean, I shoot, I, I spend more of my own money, you know, I, I don't even, it's, it, it's about, it's about the cause. Right. And, um, you know, the, 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 the concept of doing it full time is I guess probably something that I've kind of 
left behind a little bit uh, just because it's it's about the passion. It's about, you know, uh, building the building up the organization. So um, yeah. and, and expanding what we do. Yeah. So tell tell us a little bit about your vet fest. That's in October, right? Yes, October 22nd in Round Rock, Texas. So, you know, as I mentioned before, it, I mean, it started as a 50 vendor event in the back, back lot of a VFW. And it's, you know, it's grown to last year. We had over 160 different vendors, thousands of veterans and supporters in attendance. We put on a, uh, all day concert featuring veteran musicians. And it's again, to introduce veterans to different avenues to a post-military passion on purpose. Some will find it within the nonprofit sector and giving back and, you know, working with different nonprofits. Some will find their passion within the veteran entrepreneurial sector, right? Starting a business, smart, starting a small business and doing whatever, right? Um, some will find their passion in art. Some will find their passion in music, right? But there's, we hold this event and it's all to introduce um, veterans to a, post-military passion on purpose. And I mean, we, we give away like every veteran up to like 500 veterans. We give away like a, a swag bag with t-shirts, koozies, decals, all that type of thing. And then the veteran concert. Um, I mean, it's not just, you know, Joe guy veteran with a acoustic guitar sitting on a pallet strumming his guitar. It's a produced concert. Um, and it's, you know, we, we pay our musicians and our, our veteran musicians because they're pursuing their passion and it's, it's just a really, really huge event. we take up a huge chunk of this um, enormous park in Round Rock. So it's, it's, it's a great event. It's really grown, grown and surpassed my, my expectations of what it would be. So it, it's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I think it's because the military community knows that it is a hundred percent nonprofit really um, because I even have a hard time, you know, buying fancy dinner tickets to go to some fancy, um, event. And then the veterans at the end of the day, they're not really getting that much help out of it. So I love it. Um, okay. So tell people how they can sponsor your event. So we have a, a number of different sponsorship tiers and each tier has its perks, right? Um, and it's, uh, but we have tiers at 500, a 5,000, um, 10,000. And then we even have a, a custom tier for any, any donors that want to exceed the $10,000 mark. And we have, we, we named them after uh military vehicle. So it's uh, Amtrak, Bradley, Stryker, Abrams, Paladin. And then the, 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 the custom tier is Moab, right. You know, after the Moab bomb or we call it the mother of all benefactors, right. Uh, type of thing. So, but it's um, there, there's, like I said, there, there's specific perks or whatever for each tier. Um, but it's, it's, it's well worth it. And it's this, I've seen that so much that this is the event that uh, organizations and businesses want to tie their name to um, because it's, Hey, like I said, you know, each, um, each veteran gets gets a T-shirt, and hey, guess what? We throw the the sponsor logos on the back, and the the, the banners, and the, as well as the media coverage that we get. Um, it's all great marketing, not just hey, this is your business name, right? But this is this shows businesses that are dedicated showing a dedication to the veteran community, and it's that's a powerful 
uh, impact statement for the public. Yeah. Yeah. I think as a sponsor um, myself, just knowing that those funds are actually going to something that first of all, this event is going to be a blast for veterans. And then they're going to be able to connect with one another. And I was looking for some sponsorship opportunities um, that were ran by 100% volunteer organizations. And it was funny because that day you're, you know, you popped up on my Facebook and I was like, oh my gosh, I owe Denny a phone call. So, um, so here we are, but, um, I think it's amazing. You guys, if you're out there listening and maybe you're a business or an organization, you can't donate the whole, um, sponsorship amount because you might be just starting out or whatever. I'm sure that, you know, they're not going to say no to whatever you can give. It just might not fall into that sponsorship opportunity, but the reason that people usually give, at least speaking for myself is not for the recognition it's for actually helping somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and one of the reasons why, you know, we do fund this event through sponsorships is because, you know, like I said, normally a vendor event for a booth, it, it generally will run a vendor, what five between five and $800. If you're a veteran owned business, a vet or a nonprofit or a governmental agency, there's no fee for you. Right. It's it's 100 percent fee free because the event is not about raising funds for us. Right. This is not a fundraiser for us. Um, it's about bringing the veteran community together. It's it's a service that we provide. Um, and so and because we recognize, hey, there's a lot of nonprofits that pop up that don't have the marketing budget to pay a eight hundred dollar uh, booth fee or a small business that doesn't have the money to, to pay that. Right. So that's. That's why this event is funded through sponsorships, right? And it's it's like I said, we would not be able to do what we do uh, without the help of our community partners and sponsors. Love it. Love it. Denny, one question I ask all of my guests on my show is, what is one trial that you've been through and how did you overcome that trial with Triumph or are you still working on it maybe? Sure. So, you know, the... Um, I mean, I, I've had, had one or two, um, you know, in 2015, um, and this was actually after I underwent EMDR, um, that, w- that was my, you know, I talked a little bit about feelings of perceived burdensomeness, right? That perceived burdensomeness um, led to an attempt. Right. And um, it was literally a, a, a miracle. Right. I was on a cross country motorcycle trip. I had stopped for the night. And the only reason I, I didn't go through with it is because I had metal grips on my motorcycle and I had temporary neuropathy in my hands and I didn't have the tensile strength to actually pull the trigger. And the 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 huge things that were weighing me down um that um you know that i saw is the you know what was causing me to do to reach that point those things resolved right you know i had a uh loss of identity and purpose right and then six months down the down the road is when i'm planning the first spring kickoff i had a feeling of perceived burdensomeness because my wife and I were having a hard time conceiving. Um, a few months later, we conceived. And, you know, all, all those things that were weighing me down were able to resolve, 
Right. And that was, that was one of the hugest hurdles of my life that I was able to get over. Um, you know, and hell, I mean, right now I'm going through, um, a bit of a health struggle. Um, I was diagnosed with a congenital birth defect, uh, three years ago. And I've had what, four or five surgeries, uh, as a result of, and it's, it's difficult and it's, you know, it's just, you know, I, I utilize family. Um, I utilize the organization to, to, again, help me realize that um, there are um, things outside of myself that I can focus on to help me overcome uh, these health obstacles. And that's, you know, that, that's what I do. That really is important to remember to push through those days, because like you said, there is always something that's unexpected in a good way that will come down, you know, it'll, it'll happen. Um, so what would you tell somebody who's listening to the show right now who might be suicidal? Yeah. So, I, I mean, it, you know, I, I see, um, suicide as a, um, one, a permanent solution to a temporary problem as in my case. Um, and as, as well as a last act or measure of control in a world where you feel like you have none. And I will say that our traumas, um, our anxieties, and all the things that are that's going on with us, it prevents us from thinking clearly, um, and that's why we um, go, you know, you know, feel that there's no way out, and that you know we feel it may be, we feel like it's, it would be an end to our pain, but it's not an end to the pain is a transference of our pain to all of those around us. Right. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I've, I've had, you know, like I said, significant health trials, right. And, you know, the stray thought will pop in my head, but I also know the statistic that 75% of the children of folks that uh, take their own lives are like, likely to take their own lives as well. So I, I have a five-year-old son going on six. I will not, I would never in a million years transfer my pain to my son or to my wife. Um, and and the, that's the thing that keeps me do, going because there are ways to climb out of that pain. And that, that's what you have to realize is just allow that fog of our traumas to clear enough to where you can rationally think I can never do that to my friends, my family, my children. Right. Um, because there's ways for us to get out of our own pain. And, you know, we, we don't want to transfer our pain to others. Right. And that's that's the, the biggest realization that we have to come to. Absolutely. Those who are listening who don't know, um, my father took his own life. And I will say that um, for me, like it has to stop here. You know what I mean? So even on my bad days, I'm not going to pass that down to my children. I don't want that heavy weight to be on to them. And, and, and as a child of somebody who took their own life, I feel like I was gypped. Um, I feel like I got the short end of the stick and I'm mad because I feel like it was a very selfish thing. Um, and I should say I'm, I'm, he, I'm healing from that still. Um, so, I mean, I go between, you know, different kinds of feelings from mad and angry to, I do sympathize because my parents were together for 50 years and my mom passed away and my dad just couldn't handle it. But, um, it does have to stop with you all. And, um, 
or if you're out there listening, you know, you might have a friend who um, passed away due to suicide, um, who maybe you served with, but that friend, I'm sure would never want you to do the same thing because it's just, it just has to stop. Um, so Denny, tell us where people can go, um, find you first of all on social media, because you're definitely a light where it's needed. Sure. So, I mean, we're, we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash OP veteran. Uh, we're on Instagram. It's at O dot P dot veteran. Uh, we're on the TikTok, but I, I don't do too much on TikTok with OP veteran. It's a, a new more of the personal stuff because it's hard to do nonprofit posts on TikTok. Um, and as well as our website, www.opveteran.org. What if somebody's in another state and they want to attend your event? Do you, they just show up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, and we have, I mean, we have vendors come coming from different states and everything like that. So, I mean, it's, um, you know, one of the convenient things is there's, a um, there's lodging, uh, extremely close to the park venue. Um, and it's all welcome from whether it be locally or nationally, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about building a community larger than ourselves. So, and I do want to end on a little bit positive <laughs> note because we did hit some tough topics. Sure. Um, what are some fun things that are going to be happening that day? So, I mean, the, the, the music is amazing. Um, I mean, we have, um, I know we have two, two of our musical acts lined up. Um, Adam Berry, the Adam Berry band, a Texas country band, just amazing they actually donated um a, a song to us a couple years ago uh called boots on the ground it's an amazing uh amazing story of the generational sacrifice uh of service uh to our country um then dom cores and company um another uh, amazing band they have just like the southern bluesy uh rock uh style that's just amazing we have um, veteran-owned uh, breweries there um, that we have beverages. I mean, it, it's it's a great time. It's a festival. Um, you know, the swag bags, there's door prizes from all the different vendors and everything, and it's it's just a great time. I think we're going to have uh, the first cavalry division uh, horse detachment participate in the opening ceremonies. Um, and there's another uh, podcaster, Preston Stewart. Um, he had, he's, he has an amazing voice and I, I did a TikTok saying, you know what, forget Morgan Freeman, forget Samuel L. Jackson. If I have a, if I have a life story, I want this dude narrating my book, narrating my story. And so he's going to be the master of ceremonies for the event. So, um, it, it it's going to be a great, great time. So. That's awesome. That's so awesome. All right. Well, thank you. And go ahead one more time and share your website. Sure. It's www.opveteran.org. Okay. And everybody watching, you can see it on the bottom of your screen. Go there right now and check out the website. Make sure you're following the social media accounts. If you're listening, you're going to find these links in the show notes. So Denny, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there any last words that you have for our listeners? Yeah, just, uh, I mean, the, the biggest thing for our, for our veteran listeners is just remember your service is just one chapter of our of our lives. It's not, and it's just not the most important chapter. Um, you know, pursue a post-military passion on purpose. Awesome. 
And everybody, thank you for listening. Again, go check out um, opveterans.com. .org. Org. And so opveteran.org, right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) thank you all again for listening and take care. Thank you, Denny. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please head over to pattycatter.com for the latest updates on Patty, her talk show, and what she's up to. You can also find her on Amazon TV and Roku and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Patty Catter. Until next time.